All right, everybody. Uh, welcome back to the Rockman Power Hour. This is episode five. Uh, thanks again for sticking with us. And we really, really appreciate all the support that we've been getting on social media and um, just in general, the messages you've been sending us and you're enjoying the show and we're enjoying doing it. So again, thank you for all the support. We think it's really, really important to let you know that right off the bat. Um, this week, we're going to be talking about something really, really special. It's called Cowboy Bebop. And uh, Cowboy Bebop, if you're not familiar with it, is an anime from the late 90s uh, that was a huge underground sensation and uh, and is beloved by fans all across the world. Netflix uh, decided to do the daunting task of making this a live action show. And uh, well, we're going to talk all about that today. We're going to uh, talk to some of the cast members from Cowboy Bebop. We're going to talk to the executive producer, and we're also going to have a special guest joining us to, uh, to break down Cowboy Bebop and, um, well, you know. We have an expert with us, let's just say, a lot more of an expert than I am. But uh, before we go too much further, I'd like to introduce my co-host, Ryan Stick. What's going on, Ryan? How are you? Jason, I'm in the land of construction happening next to my apartment, and uh, it's going to be interesting. But uh, you know what's amazing? Cowboy Bebop. So happy that this show exists. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not familiar with the anime, but I am familiar with the show now, and I think it's freaking awesome. So it's going to be interesting. I'm a, I'm a new fan. And yeah. then we're going to be talking to a for, a fan of like the the anime, so it's going to be really nice to compare notes and stuff like that. The fresh perspective meets the uh, I don't know the possibly jaded or elated original <laughs> fan. So it's going to be great. Just want to take a minute to thank this week's sponsor, Playground Poker. Uh, they've been great with us, and uh, they are back this week again to sponsor the show. Um, if you're not familiar with Playground Poker, do yourself a favor and uh, get in your car and go over the Mercier Bridge if you're in Montreal. 15 minutes from Montreal and you will land in poker heaven. They have over 40 poker tables, over 500 slot machines, uh, and it is really a fun, fun place to go. Uh, Ryan and I actually went last week and we had an absolute blast. Um, did we come out on top? Not necessarily, but you know, that's okay. That's not what it's about. It's about having fun. <laughs> and the whole time we were there, we were getting drinks. Uh, Ryan had a couple of alcoholic drinks. I had some non-alcoholic drinks, which worked for me great. And those are all free when you're playing. So make sure you go check out Playground Poker. Uh, the uh, Bad Beat Jackpot promotion is uh, happening right now. Over $500,000 for a jackpot. Uh, separate indoor smoking section. Uh, it's properly ventilated and separated for the general gaming floor. But if you're a smoker, you're not going to be ostracized. If you smoke at Playground Poker, you'll have a spot. And that's what I like about that place. It just feels like it's home if you're uh, into poker and you're into slot machines and you just want to go have a good time. You're going to feel welcome. Great customer service and um, free valet service too. If you show up with your car, they will park it for you. And if you go on Mondays, they've got the 10 ounce prime rib and scampi dinner for only $19. So go check out Playground Poker. All right, Ryan, Cowboy Bebop. What do you think? Uh, Cowboy Bebop, it's to me, and please ignore the ba banging in the background. Everybody is just so excited about this show. They decided to use hammers against their walls. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> at bad uh, moments. Um, yeah, no, Cowboy Bebop, as soon as it began, I said, this show has style. And this show is brutal and cool, much like our two heroes. But um, another thing I really in that really interested me is I like space that's a little dirty. You know, yeah. like uh, Star Trek, that's cool. But everybody uh, washes uh, takes the lint off their uniforms. I like yeah. Star Wars where like literally you could see the grime of space. And this definitely celebrates that like Arms of the Galaxy did. But at the same time, does it with a style that Quentin Tarantino would have did. So that's kind of interesting to me because I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen suave space. And yeah. I think this is what this is. Suave space. Yeah. So the, this is the description. Okay. This is the description that, uh, if you, if you do a Wikipedia search on cowboy bebop, this is the show description, action, adventure, black comedy, crime, thriller, drama, science fiction, and space Western. So when you're giving off, um, references like Quentin Tarantino, you're spot on because Tarantino is a known to be a guy that jumps through all kinds of genres when you're watching a movie. Um, and that's exactly what I feel when I watch Cowboy Bebop. It does exactly that. It's, it's very hard to, to pin down and it obviously has a ton of influences. It, it draws from a lot of different things. Um, and it's got this soundtrack that is just addictive. I mean, oh, yeah. it's, it's great beboppy jazz. Um, and <laughs> it's just fun. It's a lot of yeah. fun. So 
but I'm not, I'm not an expert when it comes to cowboy bebop. Um, I'm not someone who prides myself as being a cowboy bebop connoisseur. You know, if you want to talk to me about Star Wars, you want to talk to me about Marvel, you want to talk to me about John Carpenter, I can get deep. Okay. But when it comes to cowboy bebop, I'm, uh, I'm a very, I'm a casual fan who's becoming more and more of a fan. Uh, but I'm not someone that finished the, the anime. Uh, I actually watched a few episodes and then watched almost all of this season uh, of the live action. So I think I'm at episode eight now and I'm really, really enjoying it. But Cowboy Bebop is something that first came on my radar because of my kids, uh, both my daughter and my son are big, big Cowboy Bebop fans. And um, they've been bugging me for probably about a year and a half now to sit down and finish it. And I think there's like 27 episodes and I just, I got, you know, life gets in the way. So I wanted to bring on this week, um, my son, Nathan, who is a big, big Cowboy Bebop fan. Uh, knows the subject matter. And, you know, I'm sorry, Netflix. I let him watch Cowboy Bebop. I know it's, it's not supposed to, but he's on the show. So there's a reason why he watched all of the Cowboy Bebop. So he's watched the entire first season of the live action and he's got some thoughts on it. So welcome everybody to the podcast. My son, Nathan Rockman. How's Hello. <laughs> Yo. How's it going? Good. So, okay. Cowboy Bebop. Oh. Tell everybody about how, how, how much. I fucking hate it. It <laughs> fucking sucks. You didn't like it? No, I loved it. It's amazing. Uh, okay. <laughs> Absolutely great. So, um, everything, yeah. I believed you. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, geez, can you get this guy out of here? We're going to, Netflix is not I just wanted my back. fame. I just wanted 15 minutes of fame. That's okay. So, Nathan, tell everybody about um, our experience with Cowboy Bebop as father and son. <laughs> There's none. Absolutely none. <laughs> I, uh, I tried to get you to watch it a lot, but, um, you're stubborn, so you right. won't. Animation, ugh. You know? Yeah. But I first got introduced to it from my friend Drake. He, um, I was the same as you. I was like, animation, I don't know, anime. Seems kind of weird. Like, has that weird stigma of everything. But um, one day he just dropped it in my mailbox. And it's like, watch it. I'm like, okay. So I did. And it's really cool. It, it blew me away, you know? The um, I didn't know something could be like that. Something right. that style has never really been done before. It it's is like kind of the it's kind of the perfect um combination of styles and yeah, just with the music, the um the cinematography in the show is amazing. Uh, the voice acting is great. Some people hate me for that, but the English is way better than the Japanese. Okay. Right. And um, yeah, it's just it, it's just the perfect blend of styles and themes for just such a fun show. So being a hardcore fan of the animated show, um, what was it like for you when you because I, I know you were really, really excited about mm. watching the live action. I mean, yeah. I needed, uh, you know, when Netflix gave me the the, the green light to 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 watch in, in advance, um, I needed a code. And I remember messaging you going, okay, I've got Cowboy Bebop. You can start watching it now. And I'm going to be home later and we'll watch more together if we can. But if not, you go ahead and start. And I didn't have the the code. And I think you were a little annoyed for a couple of days because you were, I think you were a pretty excited. A little bit because it was just, it was teasing me. It was on the Netflix homepage. I saw right. all the descriptions of the episodes and I'm like, shit, I want to watch this. But I couldn't. So for, anyways, you finally got the code and you watched, mm. you watched it before me. And um, yes, you plowed through it pretty quick, right? Oh, I uh, I might have missed a few classes watching it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we won't say we won't tell you won't tell Oops. the college you're going to about that. But did did now tell me and uh, on a whole, did you enjoy it? Yeah, it, it's it's great. I was gonna make a joke about how it sucked. Now it's it's great. It's really fun. Okay. And how are you thinking people are gonna react to it? Well, I've seen. Luckily, we're recording where the reviews are out, and uh, it's um. It's kind of half-half. It's 50-50. There's like the hardcore anime fans that hate it. Right. For some reason. Because it's different. They hate <laughs> they hate everything. They hate everything. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can make it frame for frame. They will find a reason why they hate it. They're exactly. just haters. Yeah. <laughs> the colors were off. Like I saw a comparison where that like the water was like brown and in a shot, but it was like blue in the anime. Oh, so they're nitpicking. Yeah, and it's like it's on That's completely different planets. Like, shut up. 
But um, and there's the other side that like it for what it is because it's right. a different show. It's not the same thing at all. Mm-hmm. Well, so I think if you just switch your brain off and let them take you on this ride, it's um, you're gonna love it. Right. Like I did. So let me tell you, okay. And Ryan, um, again, I'm a casual fan, okay. Um, casual. But I, I watched. I think I watched. I think I watched six or seven episodes. Okay, of the anime. Yeah, you got to the best part and stopped. Right. Okay. So I watched six or seven. But I, but I still watched six or seven episodes of the anime. I knew the live action yeah. show was coming, and I wanted. I kind of, kind of had a feeling that we might be doing something with the live action show. So I was like, all right, you know, what? I'm just going to dive into the live action show. And watching the live action show, there were. This is how much I think they paid attention to detail. I recognize stuff from the animated show, having only watched the episodes once and watching them maybe six months or four months before I watched the first episode of the, of the live action. I saw comparisons. I saw shots that were recreated, the sitting area where, uh, where, where Spike and Jet Black sit, that was recreated painstakingly. Some of the way that Spike sits down on the couch and lies with his head hanging off the couch, you know, there was a lot that was, I think they, they paid special attention to make sure that fans would, they did a bit of fan service, which is great. And I, so, you know, people complaining about colors of water and stuff can just piss up a rope. I mean, that's just haters. Oh yeah. And it's like, you know, that iconic shot of uh vicious and spike when the face off. Yeah. There's, there's complaints how it was, they're facing the wrong way in the window. When if you watch it, it's different, but it's like oh god, okay. So that's yeah, so the people that are being um, haters are just they're sure. just being haters. Well, anyway, speaking of vicious, um, Ryan, we got a chance to chat with uh, two of the actors from Cowboy Bebop, Alex Hassel and Julia Elena Satin. So check it out. This is our interview with some of the cast members of Cowboy Bebop. Hi, hi. How's it going? Hi. Very good. Um, so listen, th- there's there's something about Cowboy Bebop that is very um, not only late 90s and genre defining and and kind of like on its own, but it's it's really, really special. And it's special in a lot of people's hearts to see this transformed into a live action show. I was very skeptical, but I got to tell you, it's been it's been done and it's been knocked out of the park. So congratulations. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you very, very much. Um, th- what I love about this story is that right out of the gate, we're set up with, there's some stuff going on and there's some revenge and there's some, you know, there's, there's somebody who took somebody's girl. There's somebody, it, it's just, there's this whole, it, it's, it's classic, but at the same time, it's really refreshing. How fun was it to play these characters? I think it was a surprising <laughs> amount of fun considering how dark and pained they are. Um, right. We had a really good time, didn't we? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to get to play characters that are so complex and so different yeah. um, from ourselves. Uh, and to really push into those kind of areas uh, that are not normal life, I suppose. Yeah, it was wonderful. And especially um, the moments where, you know, we were very clearly recalling something that happened in the anime or, you know, even in yeah. a technical choice or a, a camera choice, performance choice, anything. Those moments were especially like, you know, I was pretty giddy being a fan that, you know, well, God, I can't believe I get to do this. This this is the thing that there's so much attention to detail paid in this transference from anime to live action. You can tell whoever did this handled it with kid gloves. And uh, I don't want to say fan service, but they made sure everyone was happy. And someone who I've, you know, I've, I've been a fly on the wall watching my kids watch Cowboy Bebop because they're just fanatics. Uh, they've dragged me in. Um, but I wanted to watch this cold and I had a, I, I really liked it, but they loved it. And that made me realize, okay, it's going to, it's going to be all right. Oh, that's <laughs> well, that's wonderful. great. You know, a, a big a thing that was important to everyone and central to the whole experience was everyone involved was such fans of the show and had such um, delight in trying to make this love letter to the fans as um, as we've been talking about it as being. Um, yeah, and, and I think what's so cool about it is that people that love the original anime will get so much from it that, that is recognizable and in the spirit of the original anime, but it's also there are new twists and turns and surprises, uh, but also people that have no knowledge of uh, the original story or characters, you know, it, it, it's such an awesome world to to be in, and and such an amazing ride to go on. I grew up on um, on you know film noir science fiction. Blade Runner is my favorite movie of all time. Um, there's some moments 
there, it, it really brings me back to Blade Runner. And I don't know if it's the saxophone moments, but, <laughs> but there's some, there's some really, really great stuff that's being done. Um, that's, that's just, you know, if you're a fan of, of, of Westerns, if you're a fan of, um, science fiction, if you're a fan of, uh, crime thrillers, it's all there. So, when you're going into something like that, um, do you have to rely on one genre when you're thinking about how you're going to play this? Or is it just really about the character? I think it was really, you know, keeping the, it was really important to keep the tone, the very specific tone of the show in mind. Yeah. When, for instance, you know, our, our marriage is very troubled and there's mm. some really dark stuff to play. Um, but, you know, it's it's also in the back of your mind, you really have to to be aware of the tone that this exists in um, yeah. when doing those scenes. So it is, you know, it is tricky. Um, and, you know, someone said earlier, like, oh, your voices are different. It's like there's certain things that you really have to tailor to the genre that you're you're performing in. And I, I feel like with this particular piece, the genre is so specific and original yeah. to itself that we really had to uh, be very mindful of the the choices that we were making as actors. Yeah, and I think when you you know you put the, those amazing costumes on and have yeah. gigs and and get onto those incredible sets, you your choices sort of get elevated mm -hmm. into a slightly heightened place because it would be sort of dumb to you know be a kind of um, kitchen sink drama uh, uh, in in that sort of world. You're you're playing in a in a different kind of sandpit, aren't you? Um, and there's something too about Blade Runner and the original, um, the original anime, where there's this sort of vein of loneliness and mm, isolation exactly. uh, through it, which I think um, has been really captured brilliantly um, in our version, but particularly in our storyline. Mm -hmm. I think uh, there's it, there's the other three uh, characters have that stuff too, but it's very there's lots of kind of poppy, fast-paced um, repartee, whereas we kind of pull the series into a darker um place at the same time yeah you guys definitely need counseling <laughs> definitely yeah. i don't think it's gonna work out but <laughs> we tried it years ago and this just killed the counselor and you know you're talking about that theme of loneliness um it really does have that you know nobody is really happy in this show um everyone's searching for something and um and you know obviously john's character is um is is so you know is so endearing and and you know you look at spike um and spike is somebody who's just there's so much mystery about him um but at the same time he's got this confidence and you know obviously his name fearless he, he there's something about him that you want to know more about so when this all unwinds and i don't want to give anything away because you know this is coming out the day that, that this, this drops on netflix but it really does unfold quite nicely um and and it does leave you hanging like there's always that carrot yeah i mean i think that's always uh, to go back to westerns you know mm -hmm. the the um kind of lone gunslinger riding into town um yeah. without any history is really really appealing and i think there's you know often a desire to flesh out so much in characters that there's no mystery left and i think what's so great about our show is enough is fleshed out for you to feel that the choices are sort of um based on some history but at the same time especially with spike there's so much mystery left and john is such an amazing performer yeah, in, in that way he's so subtle and has such yeah. charisma and um, and such a sparkle in his eye with doing almost nothing that it's it's very easy to want to lean forward and get to know him and his character better. Absolutely. He wouldn't talk to us, unfortunately, during the filming. Um, he kept himself very separate, but we'd like to get to know him one day. <laughs> seems like a really nice guy. Like That's guy. what they tell us, at least. <laughs> We're contractually obliged to say that he's a lovely guy. Thanks so much for taking the time. Continued success. And I can't wait for people to see this because I think they're going to be really, really, really in for a, a good ride. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. Nice to meet you. Thanks, guys. Dude, that was awesome, man. He, see, you know what's funny, and I, I only knew this um, before going doing a bit of research. But do you know who Alex plays? He plays Translucent in, in okay. the Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He plays Translucent. Not know that. So he's the guy, you know, that creepy guy that's standing with his dong out I, in the bathroom. I didn't recognize him with clothes on. I gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's not someone easy to recognize because you never see him and he's pretty much done. Well, it's no spoiler alert, but if you haven't watched season one of the boys and get on it, but yeah, come on, let's just say he's not a mainstay in the cast, <laughs> yeah. but, um, but both of them, you know, I, I thought they both did a great job in the show. Um, I thought Julia was phenomenal. And then again, again, I'm not going off references from the anime at all. Did you find that Julia and Vicious were well represented in the live action show, Nathan? Uh, 
Yeah, it was different. They had a completely different story. Okay. Um, they're not even in the uh, original that much. Spoilers. Okay. They're um. That that's yeah. fine. That's fine, Nathan. Nathan, I know nothing about this anime. Please explain to True. me. Well, what do they do in the anime, and how do you think it was to create a creative way to include them in such an early part of this uh, rendition of it? Yeah, because in the anime, it's a um, it's an anthology show. It's an anthology show. There's like a couple episodes of progressive storyline right that and like maybe like three or four and those are the ones that include vicious and julia okay so and it's just this constant feud of between spike and vicious which is represented in the show but in a different way they're a lot more i don't know if i could say but they're a lot more buddy in the uh live action and like spike and vicious yeah but in the live action, Julia and Vicious are there more often. They're almost in like every episode, right? Yeah. And they have their, yeah, they have their own storyline. And that's what the live action show does different with them, especially is that um, it tells like this linear progressive story I, with them. Yeah. Which is, and, yeah. And I think it, it works well. I mean, again, I, I'm kind of glad I saw it the way I did, where I wasn't tainted by the live you know by i wasn't tainted by the anime and i don't want to be tainted but i mean because tainted has a negative connotation but i just wasn't i wasn't overly influenced by it i was influenced just enough to know oh they're doing a good job playing the characters like they are in the anime but um, yeah anyways i listen i'm gonna go back and i'm gonna watch the anime now absolutely should it's uh because i'm i'm and then i gotta watch the cowboy bebop movie the animated movie, the movie which, that is on Netflix that we got to watch, which I have no excuse to not watch anymore. So I listen, I got to make time and I got to finish it. So yeah. I, and, um, but I'm thinking, man, thinking people are going to like this. I think people are really, really going to dig this show. Oh, for sure. And if you're not a, um, that's for later. If you're not in a, uh, if you're not one of those hardcore fans that, um, want everything to be exact, like, but they, they're, those fans have some reason to be uh, uh, either uh, skeptical mm-hmm. or just, yeah, skeptical or just like not trust Netflix. Because in the past, they have done some unfaithful adaptations that were just not good. Listen, it's like anything, depending who you have involved with the project, it could go either way. And I, I think, you know, let's, for example, one of the reasons why Star Wars. Um, you know, in certain hands does better than in other hands. It's because the people that are involved really, really, really want to pay mm. tribute to, you know, they, they, they know how to walk that delicate balance. Um, look at Marvel. I mean, Marvel, you know, Kevin Feige is the executive producer of everything knows what he's doing. Um, and he knows how to get the right people involved that are going to pay the right respect to the source material, but at the same time, be able to go out on a limb a little bit. And Marvel's track record has been phenomenal. Okay. So far. Yeah. How many movies they put out? Like 25. It's like, you know, they've, the ratio is pretty good. Like, and I'm talking like as a casual, not a casual fan, as somebody who's a hardcore superhero fan, there's out of those 25 or 20, whatever movies there's like, I wouldn't even say there's a handful of stinkers. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even go to three or four. I'd say, I wouldn't even say the stinkers. They're just not, they're just, they're, yeah, yeah they're, they're not, maybe. and they're not up to par like as the, the greats, but the they're still worst, enjoyable movies. The worst. Okay. The absolute worst Marvel cinematic universe movie is still better than anything we got pre 2000 X-Men. So that's oh, true. Yeah. That's true. Oh <laughs> and uh, I just want to bring up something, guys, when it comes to adaptions and all the fans that will hate on something, it's like my X-Men, like Jason's X-Men is uh, John Byrne, Chris, Chris Claremont, like, you know, the true the true original X-Men as it was being written, printed. And that wasn't right. even the original X-Men. The original X-Men was Stan Lee. Right. Um, and then later, Neil Adams and only found its footing years later. Uh, but my X-Men was X-Men and X-Men the Animated Series, which right. just recently, by the way, Disney oh, Plus cool. just dropped so a bomb sad. on the world that it's continuing. But even so, those were adaptions of the comic books because they couldn't do everything those comic books were doing. And the comic book fans would look at that show, which is my definitive representation of the X-Men, and say they didn't do it right. Yeah. But to me, 
I'm like, it does not get better than X-Men the Animated Series. I mean, I do like other cartoons, but I learned about the Phoenix Saga from that. And then I look at them trying to do it in the movies, and I said, that you did it wrong. But then someone who never saw that cartoon and only saw that movie. So I think what these hardcore fans need to realize is that interpretation and uh, there's there's a way to do something and there's a way to adapt something not frame by frame because let's say Watchmen, with the exception of the squid, is pretty much almost a frame for frame adaption of the original source material. But but you could take creative liberties and really make it grow in the uh, in that wheelhouse you're trying to present it in, such as a movie. A movie can't be 17 hours long, which would require it to be be a book let's let's face it unless you're alejandro jodorowsky yeah 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 (laughs) then then it could be as long as you want it to be because it's never gonna get made oh my god i know i know but i'm just saying i'm like what i love about this cowboy we all been coming in fresh and not being you know as you brought up the point before tainted or whatever or just i'm not in love with the other version so much that i can't appreciate the new what i do everybody out there is i before when a movie's coming out i don't read the book if the book's available i watch the movie and then i read the book i go backwards because mm. the book or whatever the first one is the ultimate director's cut of whatever yeah. the hell <laughs> you're watching exactly yeah. And yeah. and let's let, let, think of this for a minute like all three of us have experience with superheroes we all know the yeah. superhero stories fairly well. Yeah. Think of how many people have gone into Marvel movies, like my mom, like a ton of people's parents, or my like mom. people you know, that didn't know anything. Cold. Yeah. So they're, you know, which is which blows my mind. So for me to come in and watch Cowboy Bebop cold-ish, I'm, I'm going to give myself a pass on that. And I wanted to, and I'm glad I did, because oh. I really enjoyed it. And, and the live uh, action show does a really good job of introducing you to the world. Like yeah. they take mm-hmm. their time with the episodic format, the long format that they're doing, like hour long episodes or something. Mm-hmm. It gives a lot more room to uh, to breathe and show you the world. Yeah. And another thing I noticed is with the, uh, the characters too. The characters have a lot more time and uh, room to just speak. Right. Like the dialogue's very playful and fun. Like the episode we watched where um it's just spike and faye talking about the bounties they've uh yeah like they were kind of they doing they've like done they're playing with each other and it's ship, yeah yeah and it's fun it's like building dialogue that's just like great that you never see in the original okay the original so is that's like, not that's not, you don't see that in the original all right because i wasn't i was not curious. as much there's play right. there's playful dialogue but with animation you're very limited Right. Since, especially with the 24 minutes that they have for each episode. Well, that's the thing too. Let's let's also talk about the fact that the original episodes are 24 minutes and these are all around. Mm. So yeah. you got to fill up an hour with something, you know? So, and they do. They do really well. Um, there's also some stuff we were talking about. There's one scene in one of the episodes we were watching where you're like, oh, fans are going to gonna attack this because they-, they let's, not, let's not let's, say that. We won't say that's anything. A fun, yeah. It's a yeah. fun surprise. It's a nice yeah. surprise. Yeah. Um, and there's there's stuff, but you know, listen, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I think John Cho is great in the He's show. I do amazing. too. I He's do so too. Good. The first, first time I ever met that guy was in American Pie right. and he's staring at a picture of Stifler's mom and it's like, yo, that's a move. And then years <laughs> later to see like him, this fit specimen just kicking yeah. the crap out of everybody in space. I'm like, wow, John Cho, you are a transformative yeah. actor. John Cho in his fifties too. He's almost in his fifties and he's acting. Is he really? Yeah. He, he's like 49 or something. Is cool. Yeah. He yeah. was playing like a 30 year old teenager back in the day. Yeah. Well, that's it. He's he he's very youthful, and mm. I am a big big fan of Mustafa. Oh, I he's absolutely amazing. really like Mustafa. I've liked him, you know, everything I've seen him in. I've loved him in, and I I I loved him in, and I loved him in Luke Cage when he played yeah. Master. He was so mm. good in Luke that was Cage. fun. It was yeah. great. So I he was you know I was thinking about it after. He's my favorite character. Oh, he absolutely is. And he's, he's, he's my, casted perfectly. His voice is just perfect. He's great. He's my favorite character. And I and I thought it would have been Spike, but no, it's mm. Mustafa. It's Jet Black. I really, really like him. And Mustafa's such a good actor. So I'm partial to the MILF guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, especially with Jet in this uh the live action, they really they um they build on his character a lot more than yeah. the original. And in the, in the in the original, he's more of like a this 
overseer dad type guy who's like spike don't do that or spike you know yeah but he still is but they give him i could say this they give him a daughter in this in this live action show which is right. a lot which brings a lot more emotional value to everything they do and mm -hmm. emotional drive which is really fun they all have reasons why they're bounty hunters and there's or why they're cowboy bebops or whatever you want to call them. Are they called? What are they called, Ryan? Are they, Nathan, are they Cowboy Bebops? What is a Cowboy Bebop? I think Bebop is the ship. So the, the ship. Bebop's the ship Cow and they're, they're cowboys. cowboys. So cowboys yeah. are like bounty hunters. Mm. They're just called cowboys. Yes, exactly. Okay. All right. So the Cowboy Bebop is the bounty hunter ship. So so mm. Cowboy Bebop, the Bebop ship. All right. So we get stories. We there. There's a reason why these people are all cowboys and why they've become bounty mm. hunters, why they're chasing after it. Like they didn't, you know, go to school. It's like go to university and become cowboys. No, mm, they yeah. they all fell on hard times or, or things happened to them. So, in the anime, do we get backstory on them all too? That's kind of the whole. That's kind of the whole point of the show is finding out right. their backstory, right? And so uh, it's slowly that spikes. Yeah, that spikes in the original. That spikes um, motivation. That's his. That's his whole story is trying to find out his past, and uh, well. And uh, as well as Faye, that's her whole storyline too. So they really, and in the show, that's where the, uh, the, the episodes that progress the story, that's what they're for is finding out their backstory. And even okay. at the end, you don't really know. So okay. with this one, they take more time to show the backstory, mm -hmm. which is a good thing because it's um, intriguing. Cause it got, it gets, it, yeah, it got, it, and every time they give you a little, little crumb, I'm like, I want to know more. I want to know more. So, mm. Mm. And they don't they don't show you too much, which keeps you engaged. I also want to say that uh, let me get her name right. Daniela Pineda as yep. uh, Faye is perfect. Yep. She's she's so great. good. She's so she's... good. She's so fun. You could tell she's having fun with the role, yep. and um, she balances really well with John Show and uh, Mustafa. Nice. Yeah, her energy is great, and her great. Um, again, you know, the first episode when they when they meet up with her, and uh, you know, she ends up getting. She ends up getting put somewhere in the ship. And I remember all that from the anime. So right out of the bat, I was like, okay, they're doing this. They're, they're being faithful mm. to this. So may I just yeah. bring up something, Please. uh, Jason, you said earlier, something before about comic book movies were kind of with the exception of probably Batman and Superman, uh, were crap before X-Men in two thousands. It's so well, true. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Before you say they were crap, like no. the greatest superhero movie of all time is Superman two with Christopher Reeve. Okay. And I yeah. don't care how many effects you throw at something. I don't care. That is the greatest superhero movie of all time. And I don't know if it's okay. because I was eight years old right. when I saw it. But probably. <laughs> Jason probably is really a big fan of when Superman grabs an S from his chest and it becomes uh, <laughs> the Phantom <laughs> Zone. Oh yeah, a translucent <laughs> piece of uh, plastic. Okay. Listen, I love the Christopher, but yes, go ahead. Yeah, Just go ahead. Okay, what you're saying. Well, anyway, um, it's really funny where if Cowboy Bebop. Back in 97, Nathan, I, I like you don't remember the dark ages. Uh, no, yeah. if they made if they said Cowboy Bebop, cool cartoon, let's make it a movie. If you think it would resemble anything from the anime you're talking about and have any sort of love for the characters, it would have been Cowboy Bebop in name only. They like, were going to, they were, they were planning to make a uh, in I think the early 2000s, they were planning to make a movie with okay. um. With Keanu Reeves as Spike. There you go. Keanu Reeves was just everything. Let's yeah. make Keanu Reeves Constantine. He's blonde and British, supposed to resemble Sting. Put Keanu Reeves in there. <laughs> uh, yeah. He was a big fan of the original, so they were going to make a movie, but the budget would have been too high for what they had. They had like a really big script that was really thorough, and they were going to do it, but the budget would have been like... I don't know. Like I think it was, I think it was something crazy. Like If they were going to do the movie... Properly, it would have been like five hundred million. Well, something wild. I can tell like you, that. if they would have done Cowboy Bebop the movie or the live action in two thousand, we would have been staring down the barrel of another Fantastic Four situation. Mm. Three, I, probably three reboots in, going. Oh boy, yeah, I know. You see, this is it. So I his, love the original. He, he I love the original. But you love the original because your dad showed them to you when you were a little kid, and you're like, they're you, so fun. They're so fun. 
The original is produced by Roger Corman. Yeah, that's, that's the original the original. Let's yeah. talk about the Roger Corman. Oh, no, not that. No, that one. No, that's horrible. I mean, that's been erased from from from. Well, they've tried to erase it, but they can't erase Life. it. Life. Hey, yeah. let's uh, let's quickly um, go to our next guest that we have. Um, who, if you know, if it wasn't for this guy, the show would never have gotten off the ground because he is the executive producer. He's also the showrunner of the live action Cowboy Bebop show on Netflix right now. Um, here is our chat with Andre Nemec. Hey, Andre, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, okay, so the description for this show, uh, action adventure, space western, <laughs> uh, black comedy, crime thriller, drama. It is so 90s. And <laughs> Yeah. But right? Okay, yeah. so I, I, work, I work in radio, right? So when we talk about music, um, the, one of the most genre-defying decades was the 90s. Anything went in the 90s, late 80s to, to the 90s. And this was this is so 90s, but it so works today because – there's nothing like it today. So um, congratulations on sticking the landing with this. Thank you very much. That's uh, kind of you to say. I imagine you were a fan of the show going into this. I was. I was a fan of the show. And uh, I actually came to the show through the music. Right. Um, I heard the music long before I ever saw the show. Um, and I heard the music uh, kind of track after track. And yeah. this sort of jazzy, wild, sort of lovely, eclectic, dark, beautiful, pumping soundtrack. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? And yeah. uh, my brother at the time, who was a fan, had said, dude, it's Yoko Kano. It's Cowboy Bebop. What do you, what? And I was like, yeah. I, I don't know what you're talking. I don't know what a Cowboy yeah. Bebop is. Right. And I started watching the anime and I fell in love with the show. So that's kind of how I feel because my kids, uh, I have a 17 year old and a 14 year old and they're obsessed with anime. They're obsessed with this show. Um, they got me to watch the first six episodes. I really liked it, but of course, you know, life happens. Yep. Um, and I didn't finish and they're like, finish, finish. You've got to finish it. So I made a decision not to, because I knew this was coming up and I wanted to watch this with fresh eyes. Um, the biggest compliment I can probably give you is that I really enjoyed it, but they really enjoyed it. That's great. Being so they, they felt that everything was, you know, what needed to be paid homage to was done, but they also said it goes in different directions, which they were happy about. Um, you're working with an incredible cast here. Uh, yeah. First of all, John and Mustafa, like, what was it like to work with those two? Oh, they're, they're great. I mean, John is such a pro and such a sweet guy. And Mustafa, I always describe him. He's just like a guy with a heart full of jelly beans. Yeah. Um, they're just... <laughs> They're such a pleasure to be around and to work with and their enthusiasm for the material um, and for sort of the, the brotherhood between bounty hunters. Yeah. You feel that between them. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. At all times. So th they're really, it's, they're such a pleasure. Well, it feels like everybody was, was hundred percent in when they were doing this. There was no, no one was dialing it in. Like, and you can, you can sense that everybody was really invested in this. Yeah. And I think that that translates down from the actors, the writers, the department heads, the art department, the props, I mean, all the way down to the, the drivers, the PAs on the show, like everybody in the making of this knew that we were playing in a very special sandbox and mm. everybody brought a real reverence and a real fandom to not wanting to sort of, can I swear? Yeah, not wanting to. <laughs> Fuck it up. I mean, yeah. that was a real thing that we would say yeah. to each other. Like, this is Cowboy Bebop. Let's not fuck this up. Right. And everybody sort of brought that energy and it made every day special because we knew what we were chasing. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, it, it was, again, a, the, it wasn't without its work, but it was a pleasure to make because of the enthusiasm that surrounded the project itself. Um, the way this season opens up, I mean, right away, there's, you see what the intention is. You see there's, there's, you know, there's some stuff from the past that we're going to be dealing with. Um, there's some, you know, there's some old romances, there's some mysteries, uh, but it really unfolds nicely. And, um, but at the same time, there's some, you know, I can't say anything obviously because, you know, I don't want to ruin anything for anybody, but <laughs> yeah. th this definitely, um, this definitely leaves you on a bit of a cliffhanger. Yeah. I, you know, um, life leaves you on a cliffhanger. Exactly. Um, Exactly. I kind of always say, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the fact that, you know, we get resolution, but the resolution of one is the beginning of the next. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of the truth for all of us. And it's true. I think for our characters, there is 
resolution and understanding. There is a chapter that has come to an end, but again, like with everything, it, it leaves you wondering what the next chapter, what, how does that inform the right. next chapter? Um, and just lastly, when I spoke to Alex and Lena, they, they brought up the fact that there's, uh, there's this loneliness that's woven into this entire, uh, this entire story. I mean, every character in this show is lonely. They're, um, they're a tragic bunch Yeah, in and of their own right. Um, all chasing something that I'm not sure they understand what they're chasing. Yeah. Um, and really importantly running. Yeah. Um, they really run. It's, uh, you know, I'm also a believer that no matter, uh, how fast you travel, you will never outrun your past. Yeah. Um, and that I think is true for all of them. And those truths will leave you in a very lonely place because you are the only source of a response to that truth. Awesome. Thanks so much for taking the time and continued yeah. success. Thank you so much. Real pleasure. All right, man. Take care. That was awesome. That was so cool. Thank you. Thank and it really shows the um, that the creators like really cared for this and put everything into it. Yeah. They're, this, they're fans. Oh, yeah. This guy was a fan. And um, I don't think they've done anything wrong here with, with the rollout of the show. I mean, everyone's excited. They even sent out these boxes. I mean, I got one of these boxes from. Ooh um, la la. Right. Nice. That's and cool. this was a point of contention in my house because once this thing got opened up, it was like a fight between the two of them. Nathan and his sister, but Oops. um, yeah, you know, we got a little. You got, don't you have this dog too? I do. Back we there, a, we have a little doggy like this that we got. We got a cowboy bebop mm -hmm. coin because I think Spike flips this thing in the in the show all the time. And uh, but yeah, so they're they're serious about the rollout of the show, and uh, there's a lot behind this. And I think you know it it opens today. It, it's there. There you go. There you go. There you go. There's Zion. So you know. And yeah, let's talk about the Corgi in the show. I mean, the Corgi is so adorable. Oh, so cute. Cutest thing in the world. But, that's, that's the best casting. And Nathan, you've got, so let's talk about the music really briefly about in this show. The mm. music in this show is incredible. And they've got, the composer is back again um, for the live action show. And Nathan, you got a version of this on vinyl. So show everybody this thing. Now, how this thing was so hard to find. Oh, yeah. It was. But. So tell us, tell us the, uh, tell us a bit about this and the composer and stuff. And well, the compo Let me get her name right. Um, okay. How how exactly did a seventeen year old get into jazz? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Yoko Kano, I yeah. believe that's her name, is incredible. Mm. Her, um, the music really makes the show and gives the style of the show. It wouldn't be the same without it. And um, the way she, oh, don't get me started about music. The way she incorporates jazz. Oh my God. There's like so many elements. Jazz, there's ska elements too. Blues, rock. There's like, oh my God. There's like um, ballad songs too. It's just so fun. And it, it works with the style of the show where it's very mixed. So I don't know. I wouldn't have thought of a show, a space show with jazz mm. before this one. It's just such a weird concept, but it really works and well, it serves beautifully. Again, let's go over it. Action adventure, black comedy, crime thriller, drama, exactly. science fiction, space western. There's no rules when it comes to this show. So the fact that it has this kind of a soundtrack does not surprise me at all. And the fact that it's beloved by fans and so hard to find on vinyl. <laughs> I searched high and low for that fucking thing. I and I appreciate Christmas. it. I know you do. I appreciate I it. Awesome, um, man. <laughs> listen, uh, this has been a lot of fun talking about Cowboy Bebop. Um, but did you? Is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we before we move on? Because we um, we you know we we've, we've we've got to move on. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I just want to say that I really like the uh, the acting style in the show because it kind of reminded mm -hmm. me of an anime, which is everyone can talk a little a little big, a little faster. It definitely, but everybody's committed. So it's not like one person is refusing to do it and speaking like themselves. It's like you step into the world and you accept that you're in the Cowboy Bebop world and everyone talks a certain way, which is kind of reminiscent of what I find anime talks like, which is. English people trying to dub sentences that they have to speak very fast in order to 
capture that exact amount of mouth movement. But uh, I, I appreciated that because a big fan of the Fantasia Film Festival, I see movies from all around the world, and it was really cool to kind of see them honor it and not be embarrassed by its anime roots. I, I That's a great point, is how they were not embarrassed. They went full in, full on, and uh, it really serves the show well. Um, and there's the obsession now with noodles. <laughs> oh, don't get me started. I've had, like, I've had noodles for the last six meals. I, I have to I'm say, not that, I, I wish I was uh, joking. All, all I all I think about now is eating noodles because I watch that show and and first of all, Spike's got a bottomless pit when it comes to his appetite, and uh, he's always eating. So um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm digging it. Um, listen, I I want to thank you guys for for coming on, Nathan. Thanks for joining us today. Talk about Cowboy Bebop. Um, I know that um, you've you've um, you've been quite kind of hard on me about my resistance to this <laughs> a little show. bit. We got to go watch it. We'll we watch, go I know. watch it. We're going to have those beautiful father son moments together. You know, oh, I'm thinking, I, moments. I'm, I'm thinking that we're going to sit there arm in arm on the couch. It's more going to, it's more like I'm going to be in one corner. He's going to be in the other. And it's like, don't touch me. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's good. I All will, right. I will commit to finishing the anime now. I will, Absolutely. but I, but, but I'm very, very glad that I got to watch it from the perspective that I did, because I really, really did what I did enjoy the live action quite a bit. Mm. And I think this is going to be a really big hit. I think a lot of people yeah. worldwide, this is going to be a massive sensation and I think it's going to lend to a second season. So if that's people my... give it a chance, absolutely. It's, yeah. um, it's a really special show. And, they... and a lot of work was put into it. You can tell there's a lot of love. Put oh into yeah. The show. A lot of money. That space, that's <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> that space CGI would have made George Lucas's jaw hit the floor. Like it's, oh, it's yeah. funny. It's funny how even like a, a novelty space, show i wouldn't consider this an novelty space show but it's definitely it has comedy as all this kind mm -hmm. of stuff it's really interesting when you see this and then you see where spaceship battles came from it's like wow if this is the standard that everybody's doing now that is insane so yeah and let's let's again um talk about very quickly jodorowsky his prints on this too because i'm yeah. looking at some of the designs of some of those ships and they look strikingly similar to some of the ships that were designed for Dune back mm -hmm. in the 70s. Right. So again, Alejandro Jodorowsky's fingerprints on something else because the ships are beautiful in this show. Oh, the yeah. The like swordfish is so cool. Well, it's like the every, coolest show. I, I just find that when they the show is done, first of all, nothing looks CGI. Nothing in the show looks CGI. Everything looks dirty and real. Like that, that, yeah, the, like we were watching and there was that one ship that you're like, that looks so real. Yeah. And it it's did. great. And, and they're, and you know, when they're, when they're on a planet and you look up and you see like this weird planet that's just like sitting in the air, it doesn't look crappy. It looks well. So it no. looks well done. So it's, yeah, I'm glad that they didn't do this in 2000 with Keanu Reeves. I'm glad that they did this oh, 20 no. something they, years uh, later and, and they, they did uh, it well. Hey, Nathan, thanks. I appreciate no it. Worries. I hope, we, I hope you can come back again. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Um, Ryan, I feel, I feel weird having kicked your son out. Well, it's, it's okay. <laughs> he was great. I, it's great yeah. having him on because I mean, listen, he knows the source material better than any of us. So yeah, he's your, he's your son. So he's got to be a natural, you know? Yeah. He's probably going to be way, way better than me. He's got, it's like me 2.0. You know what I mean? It's like, let's take Rockman, but do everything better. Give him hair, make him thinner, make him taller. <laughs> Give him blue eyes. Tall, and tall he is. Before he was Nathan Rockman, I met him when he was rock boy. And he was, <laughs> he was, he was, uh, always, he was always a giant child. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was just like this kid walking around this six foot four kid walking around in a diaper. Well, I saw, uh, him. No, I saw, not, I not saw, really. no, no, but, but listen, no. when yeah. you want to go far back, I, I remember when mm -hmm. I first saw him, when he first like came to I, the world, I, I would and hope I so. Like, and I was like, the heads, come. there's more, there's more, there's more. <laughs> Ryan, let's take a minute to thank our uh, sponsor for this week's episode, Playground Poker. Um, Playground Poker are great. We, uh, we, we actually, Ryan and I are kind of fancying ourselves um, casino guys now. We're having a good time, you know. And uh, what I like about Playground Poker is you always feel welcome. You don't have to be a, a, a poker aficionado or a slot machine aficionado to go have a good time. Just take your car, go over the bridge, Mercier Bridge, fifteen minutes out of Montreal, and you are at. 
playground poker and it is poker heaven uh over 40 poker tables over 500 slot machines and uh the whole time you're there you're drinking on playground poker alcoholic or non-alcoholic drinks they've got an incredible restaurant and they've got a great special every monday night uh, if you're into prime rib and um scampi they've got your prime rib and scampi dinner on mondays for only 19 dollars, and they also pride themselves on their customer service so go check them out playground poker you can get more information at playground.ca uh ryan thanks again mm. man this has been a lot of fun uh yeah. and next week on the show we're actually next week is going to be fun because we're doing two episodes next week yeah that's true we're gonna, we're gonna dive in we uh next week on the show we have got a heavy metal rock icon and when I say icon, I'm talking icon, okay? When you're rubbing shoulders with the Prince of Darkness for over 30 years, you're an icon. And we're also going to be talking to um, an actor from one of the most anticipated films of uh, 2021. And uh, it is a reboot of sorts, but it's going to uh, it's gonna freak people the fuck out. So uh, make sure you tune in next week to uh, Rockman Power Hour. We'll be giving you two episodes, more bang for your buck, right? I don't think anyone pays anything though. So you're just going to get banged. <laughs> you're just going to get banged a lot next week. So get, <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. I uh, just want to take a minute to thank uh, everybody involved with the episodes and uh, with the show. Um, thanks again to uh, my co-host Ryan stick to our special guest, Nathan Rockman making his podcast debut today. Um, we'll be hearing more from him. I'm sure he'll be jumping on with us as, as the weeks progress. Uh, thanks again to our sponsor, Playground Poker. Go check them out at playground.ca. Um, and again, our producer, Julia Kajerski, who keeps us all in order. And if you want to uh, join us weekly and join us and never miss an episode, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe and hit the bell. And that way you'll be alerted about new episodes. And uh, if you're listening to us on any podcast streaming service, just subscribe and uh, you will be alerted when we pop up new episodes. On behalf of myself and everyone here at the Rockman Power Hour, I want to thank you again for hanging out with us, and we'll see you next week.